think I better get downstairs. Wait a minute, you're not losing your nerve. Just let it go, alright? I can see it in your face. You're fighting yourself over this thing. Hey, what am I gonna do? Put a gun to his head now? The man is supporting me here. I should be watching his back, not sticking the knife in myself. He's throwing you a bone because he's desperate. He's showing me respect, alright? I won. I should enjoy it already. Charlie's just keeping you down. The D'Amico's are always going to keep you down. It makes me sick how they use you. You do everything. They do nothing. But they have everything and we don't have anything. If you could just take it from them, take it. You deserve it and I want you to have it. It's not yours to give, babe. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Film, a podcast that's not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Katie Maiden. This week we are keeping it in the family with William Riley's 1991 film, Men of Respect. I think I better get downstairs. Wait a minute. You're not losing your nerve. Just let it go, all right? I can see it in your face. You're fighting yourself over this thing. Hey, what am I going to do? Put a gun to his head now? The man is applauding me here. I should be watching his back. I'm sticking the knife in myself. Showing you a bone because he's desperate. He's showing me respect, all right? I want I should enjoy it already. Charlie's just keeping you down. The Tomikos are always going to keep you down. It makes me sick how they use you. You do everything. They do nothing. But they have everything and we don't have anything. If you could take it from them, take it. You deserve it. I want you to have it. It's not yours to give, babe. Men of Respect. Men of Respect. The film is the second attempt to re- realise the Scottish tragedy as a mafia movie. And this one is set in the early 90s or so. Or so. <laughs> in Unknown City. Unknown City, but it sounds a bit like maybe Boston or maybe New York. Yeah. Uh, accents, heavy Italian-American accents suggest New York, but I don't remember yeah. any real feeling of, oh, it's New York. Yeah, there's like the the streets kind of look like New York. So like yeah. the buildings, if you know that kind of <laughs> Brooklyn kind of high, tall, yeah. like ta- like town buildings, they do look like New York, but it, there's no like specific. It's depressing, like New York or, um, or Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> ah, his hour upon the stage. How did we find the opera? I didn't correct it from last week. <laughs> um, how did we find the uh, the film? Okay, this was not my favourite film. No. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I have to say, like, this is a low-budget film. Yeah, didn't it feel it? Yeah, and it felt low-budget. And, like, that's a shame when something feels low-budget, because for the whole thing, you're kind of being like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't my favourite film. I'm not... I I wouldn't say I I don't like gangster movies. Like, I Mm. actually really loved the irishman last year i'm oh, a massive yeah. fan of goodfellas and the godfather oh, sure. yeah um and i actually quite enjoyed joe Macbeth. yeah joe Macbeth was really good so um yeah i wanted this to be, be better than it was <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, I, I find myself just getting a bit bored bored but sometimes it was so bad it was kind of funny yeah we'll, we'll talk about it a bit when we get because really the big weakness of the film is that it keeps trying to be Macbeth. Yes, exactly. That is exactly Every it. time it wasn't being Macbeth, I felt much better about it. So that's the thing. I was thinking to myself about Romeo and Juliet. You right. know, the oh, amazing the adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, where right. the whole thing is, is Shakespearean language, but it's still modern. Yeah. It's not trying not to be Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, 
I mean, here we start off with this kind of gritty shootout, and then there's guys on the run, and they're ducking through alleys, and it's all quite, you know, sinister. Then they meet a witch, and it's like, yes. huh, this feels weird. Yeah, there's a first bit where there's a guy that comes in from, like, the big shootout, and he's sweaty, yeah. and they give him a drink, and I'm like, okay, this is the messenger. Yeah, this is Bloody Sergeant, yeah. Yeah, and that's when it's like, okay, this is Macbeth, and then you meet oh, yeah, the witch, and then you realize his name is, like, Mikey... Oh, Battaglia. Battaglia, and you're like, oh, okay, MB, huh, Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, some of these are frankly, like, cute. Let me just get a list in front of me. There's and like... some of them, yeah, so Macduff is called Duffy. Yeah, yeah, Duffy, where Banquo is it? Banquo is called Matt Banky. Duffy. Macduff is Matt Duffy. That's the worst one. <laughs> so we've got Mike and Rufy Battaglia as uh, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Nice for her to have a first name, I'll say that. Yeah. Then Banquo is Banky. Wasn't he also Banky when he was um, Sid James in Joe Macbeth? I think he might have also been a Banky. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Banky yeah. Como, to give him his whole thing. Um, King Duncan is Charlie D'Amico. Yes, Charlie D'Amico. And then, uh, and Ro- Ross is Rossi. Yep, Carmelo Rossi. Uh, Malcolm is Mal. Donald Payne is Don. Seton is Sa- Sal. So lots of great stuff going on there. I think Fleance as well is something like, oh. it's like Phil, maybe Philly. Philip? Yeah, it's Philly Como, Philly. son of Banky. And so I was like, oh, come on, like... <laughs> It just, it was quite silly in ways that yeah. I don't think it intended to be. But just in terms of the movie, there was stuff like you had this, um, I mean, some of it I liked, like, um, it, uh, right after the murder, when uh, Macbeth, fuck it, I'm going to call him by their play names, Macbeth is washing his hands, and Lady Macbeth comes in, you know, having put the daggers back, and we've got, like, this shaky cam kind of um, handheld camera movement and it's all one take in this bathroom sort of panning around it was really it was quite gritty and effective in a way that i think more of the film was supposed to be it's just it does also some of the 90s stuff has aged a bit like the um slow motion Mm. that's not true slow motion it's like you know really jerky slow motion because Mm. they've just slowed down a 24 frame camera um and it's, it's definitely a stylistic you know decision to do that but it had it does it's just a bit silly I also, there were a couple of um, gritty scenes that were good, though. Oh, yeah. So the killing of um, Macduff's wife Yeah, was, was, was actually a, like, a bit of a shock moment. So she gets blown up by a car somebody's bomb. put a bomb in their car. Yeah, a car yeah. bomb. And the kid, the kid died. The Haley Joel Osment looking kid also dies. Yeah. That, that kid was actually one of the best parts of the movie. He was good. I like When him. he was like, is daddy, what did he say? Oh, is daddy the- um in the... What's the good life or something like that? Like not the good life. Do, 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 do. <laughs> like no, it was like what's um oh shit, it was something some like is Daddy a mobster or something. Yeah, something like that. Huh, a wise guy. Where did you pick that up? I hear things. Well don't hear that. He's your father and he loves you, and that's all you have to know. Doesn't answer my question. Behave yourself. You're the only wise guy I know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. And it was a cute reference to the original. Also, which... the Lady Macbeth suicide scene. Oh, yeah, was... that was grim. That was grim. Yep. And I like a bit of grim. Yep. And I think Banquo's uh, death as well was pretty grim, where he and his son are trapped mm. on either side of a door because a drive back. There's been a, a couple of guys just shooting at them. Mm. And it's like he's. We get a shot of Fleance on our side of the door, just knowing that his dad is on the other side getting shot to bits and he can't do anything. That was yeah. that was grim. Yeah, so I think like some of the action yeah. was good. I, I like the gunfight of... at the beginning. There were some really I... good squibs. 
You know, where people get <laughs> shot and they just kind of plum and loads of stuff goes flying. I love that. Mm, blood. <laughs> I love um, that blood. I think the biggest problem with this movie was the dialogue. Yes, dialogue The writing is... was just bad. No offense to the writers, but the writing was bad. Yeah, I'm going to have much to say about that in Fair as Foul, but just brief, a couple of other aesthetic things. Um, cinematography was by Bubby Bukowski, which I love. I loved it when that name came up. I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to be an experience. I liked Macbeth's place. Like, he's got this really crappy kind of um, restaurant. Yeah, he's got like a... Bo- no, it's a bar, right. I think. Or like a, like a bar slash restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a kind of Italian place. And it's... Yeah, it's got like this courtyard that's kind of open, but very concrete. And it had this... Yeah. In terms of mafia movies, it was very much like Gamora. You know, it was like modern Italian, you know, mm. mafia, which has a bit of a bleakness to it that I like. There was also this scene where Macduff goes to meet um, with Malcolm... And Donald Bain and yes. Ross. And Act they're in this like, two, really pretty garden, aren't they? Yeah. And I thought that was really cute. I was like, oh, it's a nice contrast between Macbeth's yeah. really gritty yeah. Italian bar <laughs> restaurant like, and then this nice, big, like lush green. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why does Duncan want to stay here? <laughs> um, Just stay where you are. It's so pretty. Now, look, we've got something very important to discuss here. One of the sons, I believe it's Malcolm, is played by Stanley Tucci. He is Stanley Tucci. And we do get some shirtless Tucci during the uh, the murder scene. It's all I wanted. <laughs> it's all I hoped it would be. Stanley it's... Tucci weirdly looks a lot taller in this movie. Yeah, maybe he lost hair and height. He had a very <laughs> tall hair when he was, um, when he was a younger man. I think Stanley Tucci is hotter the older he gets, though. Oh, man. He's he one of those, those ones. Vibes. <laughs> one of those lucky bonds. Fair is foul and foul is fair. How close are we to Shakespeare? Unfortunately, a little too close. Uh, yeah, so every now and again, there's like a line. Yeah. And I just want them to, I want them to step a little bit further back. So you get, so you have all the main characters, which are all called something, as we've mentioned, like yeah. Duffy Rossi. from yeah. Elf. Um And you have, yeah, the Lady Macbeth, who's called Ruth, I believe. Yep, Ruthie. There's too much. Every now and again, there's a line as well. Like, for, I wrote yeah. one down. No man of woman born. Yeah, he keeps saying Why that. Why would it's you so use awkward. that? Don't use that. <laughs> born a woman, all of you. No comparison. I got a charm life, Maddie. No man born a woman could touch me. If you're supposed to be in the 90s, no one says that in the 90s. Yeah. Just say, like, you know, only, the only person who could kill you is someone born by cesarean section. Or something, yeah, you know, it's... like, make it, modern it up. Don't yeah. randomly, every now and again, use Shakespeare. Nobody does that in their real life. No, it's very weird. And lines like, you know, if I died yesterday, it'd have been a good life. It's just, there's a there's some un- incongruous moments. And the whole star falling thing. So instead of the trees coming to Burnham Wood, you know, you'll be fine until the stars start to fall. And then they go outside and there's a yeah. firework sequence, which is fair enough, you know, quite good. But then one of his men is like, Jesus, it's like the stars are falling. Mikey, you think the stars were dropping, Mikey? Yes, I, I noticed that. And I, was I was like, like what, what are you saying? saying? We know what, like, you've seen fireworks before. Because in Joe Macbeth, it's the forest, isn't it? Still. Oh, what is it? Is it and still? They, yeah, they just I think leave it's that still out? the forest and they'll have like a twig or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember that, maybe. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and, just... yeah, but I didn't like that. They should have just left that out. Yeah. It's like unnecessary. Just um, every... There were a couple of other lines as well that yeah. were like left in there. I mean, there was no like double, double, toil and trouble, but there was... Yeah. Oh, um, but you mentioned Wicked, though. <laughs> Charmed Life line. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, come on. Just like, no one says that. 
Yeah, it was strange. And just whenever the plot veered towards Macbeth, like it starts off with its own momentum and pacing and it feels good. And then, as you say, when the bloody sergeant shows up, it just... And some of the scenes just felt very unusual. Like it would take Mm -hmm. me out of the film to remember that this is why this is here. Like when a doctor and like a guy just see Lady Macbeth doing the sleepwalking... And it's just like, this is such a weird scene to be in this movie. And it only makes sense if you know that this is from Macbeth. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah. none of this plot makes any sense unless you knew this was yeah. a retake of Macbeth. And to be honest, I don't think that anybody watching this movie that had maybe only known Macbeth well, in passing would know it was Macbeth. I think it was largely sort of made for the sort of crime, you know, the crime fan base, you know, people coming off of things like Goodfellas and such. So I don't know. I don't know what the, I think a bit more thinking about the purpose of this would have been good. If the idea Mm. is to show that the themes and the stories of Shakespeare still have relevance, then I think you could have done with actually diverting more and making it its own thing because it just couldn't help but feel like it was trapped by its source. Like in the way that Joe Macbeth, okay, his name is Joe Macbeth. Yeah. Like, literally. But it diverted so much more that it made more yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, the overall story is not a difficult one to put anywhere. Just No. And it did make me wonder, do we need the witches to make a Macbeth? Because I know Joe Macbeth gets a, um, a, a you know, a, a fortune teller, gypsy woman kind of thing. Mm. Um, but do we need a prophecy? Or can he just be an asp- uh, uh, aspirational guy? We haven't had one yet without a prophecy, have we? No. But, like, does James McAvoy get one in the kitchen one? Like, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but I'll be curious to see. I can't remember, so we'll see. We will. I honestly can't remember, but... um, Yeah, it's interesting. I I do think one of the things that we both like about Mimbeth is that it is a supernatural film. Yes, but the supernatural element doesn't always feel at place, and it's tough now to think of all that many mob movies that have supernatural twists. Like, if you can make the supernatural kind of psychological. Like, maybe just some woman. Maybe, okay, maybe Macbeth is having an affair with some sort of, you know, mob gal or prostitute or something. And she puts the idea in his head. You know, hey, I've always got a sense of these things. And I know that you've got a, you know, you're you're in for greatness. I can just tell. You know, and just puts the idea in his head. And maybe mm-hmm. that's enough. Because, yeah, this one, anytime they tried to go supernatural, it felt very odd. Yes, I, well, they did... The thing that Jamie Beth did was it didn't mm. make her like a witch. No, she's just a like she like red red tea leaves and stuff. Yeah, she's but a they didn't card. do it as well as Jamie Beth did. In the way no. that he did it, they're like, oh, we have first known her, we've liked her, she's a cool girl. Like, don't yeah, her. they were don't, friends. Yeah, you know, like don't don't take it too seriously or whatever. <laughs> and that worked a bit more than yeah. this one did. It would just be so weird if, like, in the middle of Goodfellas or The Godfather suddenly someone got a prophecy, you know? It's just, it just aesthetically feels at odds. One of the ways in which it is like the play is it does also inherit some of the play's weaknesses, um, specifically that I think we spend too much of this story away from Macbeth. We spend way too much time with his enemies sort of scheming and gathering, and, you know, we do have the equivalent of the Act 4, Scene 2, because... We have two scenes. The garden scene and the preceding uh, lounge scene. Yes. We have two scenes devoted to the fact that Macbeth has enemies who are now teaming up. One of which is very much logistics heavy. It's like, yeah, I'll do this if you can do this. And it's like, okay, do we need to know this? We we know that he's pissed people off. Yeah. And by the time it got to the scene where that was happening, I was done with the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was over it at that point. (laughs) 
I'm so, just eating crisps. <laughs> yeah, it, it changed in a couple of interesting ways. One is we get a bleeding roof instead of a dagger, which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting. And, Though uh, he does use a dagger, whereas I expected yeah. him to use a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he I was actually pretty pleased to use a dagger. It was a pretty <laughs> actually cool looking dagger. Yeah, he had a whole box full of them and he picked out his favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, Ross gets retired by Duncan at the beginning, sort of yeah. establishing a grudge. Mm-hmm. Although it's weird that that grudge transfers over to Macbeth. I kind of thought, oh, okay, they're setting up for Macbeth to have an ally because Ross doesn't like Duncan now and maybe Macbeth's going to kill him and then, you know, bring Ross back like he does in The Tragedy of Macbeth. I, incidentally, I got the impression that the filmmakers had seen The Tragedy of Macbeth and quite liked it because there are a couple of other similarities we'll get to later. But I thought, okay, maybe that. But no, Ross remains an antagonist to Macbeth. It's kind of yes, weird. he does. Well, I think he's just an antagonist to whoever's in charge. Yeah, he doesn't like the crowd. Just happened to be Macbeth. Though I liked Banquo in this. Oh, Because yeah. he is like the... I like it when Banquo's like the cool dad. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. my son. He like So Banquo in this, he knows what's going on. From the beginning, he's like... Be careful, Macbeth. Like, don't do anything I wouldn't do, kind of thing. Yeah. And And he's like, I don't want my son to get wrapped up in the mobster life. He wants his his son's like an accountant or something. Yeah, yeah. um, Fleance in this. And he wants to, like, yeah, him to stay out of the mobster life. And he's, like, cooking a a dinner with his son and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I like this banquo. Yeah. It was interesting because, um. Dilf. (laughs) He was, yeah, he was really cool. And. He did some interesting things. Like, he saw La- Lady Macbeth get implicated by one of the dying guards after the murder. Like, he saw the guy, like, staring right at her. But it doesn't... He doesn't really do anything. Like, immediately the next scene, he's just sort of palling it up with Macbeth. Mm. And, yeah, that was a little strange. But he was an interesting figure. And it was still, you know, quite sad to see Macbeth turn on him. Although, you know, the play really only has two scenes to establish that Macbeth and Banquo like each other. Um, the first one is right after the prophecies where he's like, huh, that was weird. And he's like, yeah, it was weird. And then, you know, the messengers show up. And then the other scene you get is just before the murder where it's like, hey, do you remember those creepy witches? And it's like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'll say when. That's, um, <laughs> those are your two scenes. And I don't, I remember that both of those scenes happened, but I don't specifically remember anything about them. In yeah. This. I don't think they were very strong. Mm. None of it was very strong, to be fair. Not really. <laughs> Um, my god, they drag out the Caesarean revelation. Jesus Christ, like, Peter Boyle, Raymond's dad from Raymond in the Middle, shows up in order to <laughs> kill, in order to get revenge. He's Macduff. And he's just like, um, you can't kill me! No, wo- no one of woman born can kill me! And he's like, yeah, I heard that story. I got a story on my own. And he proceeds to tell this long-ass story about how like, his mum was beaten up and showed up at a church and they had to perform surgery and they ended up cutting open her stomach and taking... Well, not stomach, but, like, belly and taking out the baby and... It yeah. got, it Babies don't like grow in the minutes. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I've been going wrong. So, yeah, it's just a really drawn-out revelation and anyone who's even vaguely familiar with Macbeth knows what this is. And to be honest... Even beforehand, I was like, how are they going to reveal this? Like, how does this come up in conversation between two guys shooting each other that one of them was born a caesarean? And it's just the most awkward thing. Just leave it yeah. out. Just leave some of this stuff out. Really. Or just it's tell, just tell him, haha, I was born by cesarean. Bang. Yeah, maybe, but it's still weird. 
Like, would you remember that? Would it leap straight to memory? Do people who were born a cesarean just carry that around in their back pocket? I'm born by cesarean. <laughs> and I, know, it it does, I do time. remember that quite yeah. often. Like, yeah. Okay. He could have just said, like, I don't know, as he could have, like, you know, shot him and then been like, cesarean <laughs> section, bitch. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, maybe someone comes out and is like, he was crazy at the end. He kept saying <laughs> that no one could kill him of woman born. And he's like, I wasn't a woman born. And then he goes, yeah. Yeah. I was born uh, of a man. Oh my god, that would be <laughs> what a What the fuck? <laughs> Modern times. Um, before we move into segments, one last note. We have a nerdy fleance who I quite liked. I loved he, him! He was so cute! His glasses! Yeah. Oh. He was adorable. <laughs> and then at the end, in spite of his father's wishes, he gets made and joins the lifestyle. And it ends with him staring menacingly at someone, but I didn't see who that was. I mean, I'm guessing, like, it's something to do with the prophecy and... Oh, do you think it was the man? The man who's, like, the youngest of the weird witch coven? Because I couldn't recognise him. I don't know, yeah. yeah. But it's, it must be something to do with the fact that Fleance is, like, destined to be... Yeah, the Don at some The Don. Yeah. All right, let's go into segments. Extra Ghosts, Just Banquo. Just Banquo, which yeah. was a bit weird. It was. It was the slow motion bit, and he comes stumbling down. And yeah, it's just... I thought they were going to go somewhere different with it, because John Turturro was acting kind of shitty to all of his guests. He and I was. just thought maybe they might just do that, just stick with that, of him just That's being a paranoid I was like hoping job. they'd stick with that. I was like, yeah, yeah just stick with this, it's fine. <laughs> no, he's got to see a ghost, because... Macbeth, because this play written 400 years ago must be very closely obeyed in the story of 20th century gangster lifestyles. Ross's poker face? Rossi, but he doesn't deliver the news. In no. fact, Macduff is right there. Yeah, no, I no poker face, which is one of yeah. my favourite bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't need to ask anyone how his family is. He can see them all over his living room. Oh, it's so grim. It's so grim. It's such a big moment. Um, Porter speech, yeah, as alluded to earlier, Steve Wright plays the porter. He's great. I hear you, man. Wait up. Don't bang on the door, man. It's glass. Glass breaks. Then what? You gonna clean it up? Yeah, he was sassy. He was sassy. He could have been given more to do because, you know, he's Steve Wright. Yeah, it wasn't really a speech, was it? It was more like three or four lines. But I do love what they did with his character. The idea of making him the kind of stoner waiter guy who has to answer yeah. the door. It's like, take it easy, man. Take it easy. Uh, uh, but uh, there's no tension in that scene. No. So one of the things about the Porter speech is that there's like a bit of tension. Be like, go on, open the door. Come on. Like, they need to get... <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, no tension. It was just comedy. Which I yeah. don't mind, but yeah. yeah. A, I mean, it's fulfilling the function of the Porter, which is comedic relief. You know, yeah. so it's only a couple of the Porter speeches where I felt really tense throughout the whole thing. Where it's like, Jesus Christ, they're gonna kill you. But um, yeah, I I was quite happy having him be here and be a little fun. He's not saucy at all. He doesn't get to talk about erections. No, no sauce. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tram, what the consequences? Did they show the murder? They yes, sure did. they sure did. I knew. I thought they would. Yeah, it was a gangster movie. Once again. Uh, and I think this is where the similarities to the tragedy of Macbeth really, the 1970s movie, really come up because it's very similar. He's he's the guy's awake. He sees um, Macbeth. Yeah. You know, and he has and to stab Macbeth him. And then Macbeth multiply stabs him. <laughs> Similarly to the tragedy of Macbeth, is we get a nightmare sequence of Banquo and Fleance killing Macbeth, but this time at a BBQ. Yeah. It's most vulnerable. <laughs> Again, just such a weird scene. Such an odd idea to modernize this idea that he should you know fear banquo and his revenge 
um, by having him throttled to death at a barbecue. What? Who? Banquo? No, by having Macbeth. Don't you remember the dream Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. Very odd. Um, okay, let's get to the meat of the thing, so to speak. Uh, what bloody man is that? It's John Turturro as Macbeth. How did we find him? Um... Nah. Uh... Oh, boy, he was right here. Look, he was, he was bleeding all over the table there. He got off on me. He's fucking with me. He just don't disappear into thin air. I cut his fucking throat. I don't want to be harsh to him because, like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to... It was a hard role to play because it wasn't written well. Yes. But, but then again, he he had nothing. He did nothing for me. No, I, it was an odd choice, Totoro. I think at this stage in his career, he's very much... Actually, this is very early. This might be before a lot of his Coen Brothers stuff. But, mm. you know, he's very good at playing slightly outside characters. And actually, this is around the same time as Miller's Crossing, which he was also in. And he's good at playing, you know, the kind of wild card. And we're all playing the you know, miscreant, like in um, Barton Fink. He's very much the sort of downtrodden, put-upon kind of guy. And then later on, of course, he'd find his way as comedic relief in Michael Bay movies, which we can all feel good about there. Um, (laughs) But in this, he's an odd choice for a dramatic lead, because he was good at intense and tormented, not so good at charismatic. No, he's not at all charismatic. And he's um, very... um, He's almost like weedy. He is kind of weedy, and I just kept thinking, yeah. how did this guy become boss? Because he seems yes, to just exactly. piss everyone off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was confused. He's he's like annoying and weedy and doesn't seem... He's not like got any charisma and he's not got yeah. any authority. No. No, and he did just keep making me think of David Schwimmer as Ross from Friends. Oh, he's I Macbeth. love Ross. Ross is I my favourite. I love Ross, but Ross would not be a good Macbeth. <laughs> no, he would not. I don't oh, think no. any of them would be a particularly good <laughs> Joey could. Joey could be a good Macbeth of just, oh, I don't want to act. I should. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who Lady Macbeth would be. Maybe Monica? Oh, yeah. Or maybe Phoebe. Oh, maybe Phoebe. We are going to adapt Friends as Macbeth (laughs) in the last episode. You stay tuned. It it was a somewhat underwhelming Macbeth performance. It was underwhelming. That is the word for it. Let's move over to our Lady Macbeth, who is Catherine Borowitz, Taturo's real-life wife. Real-life wife. Really? Wow. Yeah. He did so- well. <laughs> <laughs> he did good. And you know what's depressing? Is if you click on the link for her Wikipedia page, you just t- get taken to a section of John Turturro's Wikipedia page. Oh, that is depressing. Let's that sort that out. Shame. You can actually sort that out. Yeah? <laughs> good. We need to give her her own page. Yeah, what did we think of uh, Catherine Borowitz? Probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, she was good. I've stepped in shit on the street cleaner than Charlie D'Amico. Charlie respects the fat end of a bat the sharp end of a stick Charlie respects what he fears and that ain't you yeah <laughs> she she was like definitely the serpent under it wasn't she she was very yeah. like contro- not controlling she was like, quite stern yeah stern manipulative but in mm. a way that she like really wanted him to do well yeah she was quite direct I found but she knew it's almost sort of- like she had that, that thing of, like, I'm a woman, so I can't have this. I'm never going to be the boss. Yeah. But you could be the boss, so you're yeah. going to be the boss because I could never have it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was a quiet kind of intensity there. And also some kind of weird background stuff. For example, they hint that she had an abortion in order to make her husband happy um, a few years earlier, which 
was an interesting thing to bring up. I didn't see how it impacted on her as a character all that much. Also weird to bring up because there's a bit where he says, I want my sons to be yeah. the boss instead of Banquo's sons. It's like, hang on. What? <laughs> well, the idea is that they got the abortion because it was like not the right time. She says that at one stage and now he's yeah. saying the same thing about the murder. So it's like, you know, and that was, it was quite good because, you know, she says in the play, you know, if I, you know, I, does she even say I have known what it's like to sort of suckle the babe? So there is impl- implied some sort of kid there. Is, is there implied like a, a, a stillbirth or a, or a infant birth, you know, infant yeah, death think, or something? Yeah, I think there is. I never really thought about that. But she says, I know what it's like to have sort of suckled the babe and, you know, but I still would have dashed its brains out, you know, had I promised to do so. So, yeah. Yeah. How odd. Anywho, um, she still goes a bit crazy too fast. They, they yes. have more scenes uh-huh. of it, but once you know it's coming, it feels right out of the blue. I would have thought the old man had so much blood in him. I can't get it out. Stains. Smells. They did what Joe Macbeth did better. So they tried to do what Joe Macbeth did. So in Joe Macbeth, she goes crazy after she hears about the death of um, Macduff's wife. Yeah. But she sees it in Joe Macbeth. She sees, like, the child, like, the dead baby. Yeah. Makes sense that she goes crazy. In this, they just imply it by like a newspaper cover. Yeah, she looks at that for a bit and then suddenly she's really obsessed with all of the stuff in the kitchen being clean and Yeah. It's just again, it just feels like a cheesy reference rather mm-hmm. than something that would come organically out of the storytelling. I was wondering I was wondering during this if it would have worked better if she had just got ill. Maybe. I don't know. Because I in think... this, like she's in bed she's kinda of bedridden. So yeah. it might have been better if she just got ill and, yeah. and instead of like going crazy and she's just a bit delirious from the illness but Maybe. i did really rate her suicide scene because yes it was that was great very affecting yeah it was the most affecting part because he is clearly devastated by it yeah and and it's also very bloody yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> and we get just before that we get something which i feel is sorely missing from a lot of versions of Macbeth, which is one more scene of Macbeth and crazy lady Macbeth together yeah, which is you know good. I like that. I like the fact that because most of the time he's just like he has doctors come and report to him how her condition is. I like for them to have one last scene together, you know, where he can really see how far gone she is. Yeah, he's like, "How are you? Well, you're going to yeah. be better. Don't worry, it's going to get better. Like we're going to have a yeah. party when you're better. Yeah. We're going to go out and yeah, yeah. I like that. I like more scenes of Lady Macbeth and Macbeth together because you know, essentially, I just want more scenes of Lady Macbeth. She's clearly the best character in all this. Um, okay, weirdest sister. What do I have to do for this to happen? You only have to be yourself. To do what you're thinking. Pretty weird. Um, um, a little bit weird, but not like creepy witch weird because it no. wasn't meant to be a creepy witch. She was meant to be like this kind of old lady who told fortunes. Yeah, it's kind of American Gods style, kind of Neil Gaiman style, sort of, you know, beings of tremendous power living in a crappy apartment, you know, just... um... Yeah, like in The Matrix. Yeah, yeah, it has that kind of vibe to it, which is kind of interesting, kind of fun, but again, it just feels too out there. The idea that John Turturro, this mafia guy, would receive a prophecy and actually buy into it is just... We also, yes, I think that's one of the things Mm. that, that annoyed me right at the beginning was that he wasn't in any way creeped out. Yeah. He was like, what do I have to do to get this? And it's like, that's yeah. not what you say. You just 
Like, you say, it's not... yeah, whatever, I'm out of here. We're just laying low. Just uh, Yeah, that's what yeah. Banquo was doing. Banquo was like, don't listen to this chick. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. And even in the play, it's usually better handled because Macbeth just takes a total back seat in that scene. He just like gets creeped out and weirded out because it's implied this is something he has actually thought about and would want. But he just kind of stands back whilst Banquo comes forward and says, why do you look so scared? These women are crazy. What, what yeah. do you have to say to me, crazy women? You know, so, I don't know. Anyway, uh, he needs our mistrust. Um, we don't get a good look at Banquo's murderers. Uh, because no, we only... there, I think there's four murderers. I only saw two. I only saw two murderers. Oh, they come back. There's definitely at least three, and then there's an extra guy who I think is just a random mob guy. But yeah. at different times, there are so many like random mob guys around that you can't hmm. tell like who. Yeah, one hundred. Because they mustache. do come back to and report back to to Macbeth. Right. Oh. But I don't know. Yeah, I didn't spot. I didn't yeah. tie them together. It can be tricky sometimes when with these things to figure out who's who. But yeah. So, I don't think there's a third murder of any significance. It probably would have been Seton, if anyone else. Who gets killed in a drive-by, interestingly. Wow, his, um... I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets um, machine-gunned in front of the place just before the sort of final fight happens. So hmm. He was the kind of clean-cut guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the, the kind of larger guy with the... Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who defended Macbeth's honour in the poker game, which, um, like, you know, starting the fight. So, yeah, he was... Um, yeah, he was there. He was about... So... In conclusion, I think oh, it's safe one to say... Last thing, one oh, last yeah? thing for me uh-huh. is that I counted how many times they said man of respect. <laughs> oh, I only <laughs> heard it once. they said it so many times. Really? I only heard it at the end. No, they said it four times. Oh my God. Which is quite a lot of times to say <laughs> the name of the movie. Like, if you're going to say the name of the movie, say it once and in a very significant <laughs> way. Yeah, that's why I thought it was good. They only mentioned it right at the no, very, very end. No, it was four oh times. <laughs> that's silly. Oh, God. But also, they kept referring... I don't know if this is realistic. There's a, you know, a big thing of deniability and that nobody in the mafia calls it the mafia. But they kept calling it this thing of ours. Yes. And I you was know? like, you're in the mob. <laughs> this thing. This thing that we're doing. Like, that's like, bound... you know you guys are gangsters, right? <laughs> that's bound to confuse the uh, police if they're listening in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in, in conclusion, it's... There's an interesting film in there, but it was too bound to its source material and it made, it didn't feel organic. It didn't succeed in making it feel like this was the story they wanted to tell. No. It felt like the story they had to tell because Macbeth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a little awkward one and probably the worst one we've watched so far. Yeah, I agree. This was my least favourite so far. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go so. for a mob Macbeth, just watch Joe Macbeth. Yeah, that's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Charmed Life. Tell us a Katie Shakespeare fact. Katie Shakespeare fact. Um, it's kind of two facts, cheating a little bit. Uh-oh. So most of you probably know that um, Will was married to a woman named Anne Hathaway. Uh-huh. Um, did you know that the actress Anne Hathaway is actually named after her? It's ah, not coincidence. Okay, but that's cool. the, my actual fact about her uh-huh. is that um, in... Anne Hathaway's father's will, she is actually named Agnes. Agnes so some Hathaway. historians oh, wow. have actually claimed that we should be calling her Agnes Hathaway because <laughs> that might have been her proper Christian given name and Anne yeah. was just like a nickname. Interesting. Very important to acknowledge the influence that she had over Shakespeare and his writings. You know, which you only you get a, a proper sense of when you know, in the um Oh, what are the poems called? The sonnets. Sonnets, yeah. Yeah. So he may have also been influenced by a potentially 
<laughs> potentially male lover, but we don't know for sure, do we? Oh my we? god. More on that in another episode. <laughs> in the most shocking Casey fact yet, <laughs> we are going to reveal Shakespeare's gay lover, who he was, where he lived, and <laughs> where you can get pictures of him. So, tell us about Katie. How many people know about all the Casey stuff? They can um, find me at Katie Writes About on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. And they can read my blog, katiewritesabout.com. Or if you want some more Katie talking nurse um you can listen to my other podcast which is called have you ever heard of and it's a history podcast Mm. and what about you paul you can stay right here at screen mayhem and read some of my reviews um i just found out the cine world is opening on the on the 10th of july so yes maybe i'll have some films to review um soon you can go over to ogt pod to listen to one good thing podcast where me and paul goodman try to find good things to say about bad movies um, we have just covered the Black Cauldron, the sort of unloved kid of the Disney franchise. Oh, leave yeah. Black Cauldron alone. We've got to. Well, we were very positive about it. Now, next up here, we have got Shakespeare, the animated tales. <gasps> no. Yeah. And Casey, yeah. Macbeth is 26 minutes long. What? I'm so how, happy. How so is that happy. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to be cutting out. I know, like, oh, it's probably, they're still going to keep all 10 minutes of um, Act 4, Scene 2, definitely. Oh my god, can you imagine? (laughs) This is the most important scene. We've got to preserve Um, this. Is this for for children? I'm not sure, we'll find out when we see, but... Okay, I guess probably, probably, right? It could be, yeah, but Mm. more exciting than that is this following sentence that I have taken from Wikipedia. In the United States, the series aired on HBO and featured live-action introductions by Robin Williams. We are (gasps) going to find that. (laughs) <laughs> we yes. are hunting that out yes <laughs> we're on a we're on a hunt if anybody knows where we can find this please <laughs> um yeah if anyone knows please get in touch we're desperate to see this <laughs> until then away and mock the time with fairest show false face must hide what the heart doth know goodbye bye bye